0: From the University of Utah, you're listening to Local for Locals, a KU radio production where we talk with local musicians, emerging artists, and underground visionaries about new music, upcoming shows, and getting to know the people behind the local music scene right here in Salt Lake City. I'm your co-host, Jules, and I'm here with a brand new host today, Lainey. Hey, guys. And we're back with another episode of Local for Locals. Today in the studio, we have the guys who are bringing bluegrass back to Salt Lake City, the pickpockets thank you guys for being here with us today how are you guys doing
1: oh we're doing great thank you so much for having us doing wonderful
0: awesome yeah so if you guys just want to say your names what you guys do in the band and some other band members who maybe not are not here today with us
2: my name is jake doan and i am lead guitarist in the pickpockets
1: uh my name is david and i'm another guitarist in the pickpockets <laughs> um I also do a lot of the vocals in the band, Um, and then not joining us today, we have a violin player whose name is Alec Barker, a mandolin player whose name is Dante Giacobassi, and a bass player whose name is Aiden Woodward.
0: And are you guys all from Salt Lake City originally? I know you guys are from the Northeast, you were saying, so if you want to talk about how you guys ended up here and the other people in your band, where they're all from.
2: Yeah, so I'm from upstate New York um, originally and moved out here about 10 years ago and let's see here, we have Dante who's our mandolin player, he's from Wisconsin, and then we have Aiden Woodward is from, he's the only Utah native in the band actually, and then Alec, the fiddle player, is from Florida. And he actually, he came out here to go to a violin making school and then ended up just kind of sticking around, so. Kind of a lot of different reasons for coming
1: out. Yeah, Dante originally came out to study music at the University of Utah, so he did his undergrad here, and then I came out here for grad school in 2016 and did a graduate degree in biology, finished that like a year ago. Um, and that's everyone, right? Yeah, and Aiden's from Harriman, Utah, so he's our local. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, you guys have a nice mix of people and some Utes too, so it's awesome.
3: Yeah, it sounds super cool. Um, how did you guys all find each other? Has Bluegrass? Like always been your thing or did you have something going before that
1: yeah so um when we all first got together there used to be actually there still is there's this bluegrass jam that happens at Gracie's Bar and Grill which is on like whatever state in Love third, yeah, third yeah. west um, and uh, in 2018 uh myself and dante started going there uh with a friend of ours named hunter uh who introduced the two of us and we played together and we were like oh this would be really cool to make a band um so we ended up meeting alec at that same jam um dante had been playing in a different group with aiden uh and then we recruited him to play bass um and we had a, a, another guy that was playing guitar but um he uh has since moved on to uh go uh, kite surfing in California, among other things. So we were looking for another guitar player, and um, luckily we happened to jam a couple times with Jake. We were like, this guy seems pretty cool. He knows his <laughs> way around the guitar neck, so yeah. we recruited him.
2: Yeah, I was kind of a late comer to the band. Um, I, when when those guys all met at the Gracie's Jam, that was before I had met any of them. I, get, I guess I met Dante initially through a mutual friend of ours, and um, he was like, yeah, we're doing this. We're going to start this jam at Mountain West Cider, which is um, kind of right down there in the Capital District. And so these guys all started doing that jams. You know, they started at Gracie's and then kind of made their own thing. And then Dante was like, hey, you should come down and check it out. And just came down on Thursday. And, you know, I play a lot of music, mostly by myself with a few friends here or there, but it was cool to You know, go to an open jam where there's a bunch of other like-minded guys who are all super keen on the same kind of music. And, you know, we really, our backgrounds all come, musically, all come from very different places, which I think really creates our sound and makes it so unique.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps that not, you know, aside from maybe Alec, who had played a little bit of bluegrass um, before the Pickpockets, a lot of us were not sort of in that mindset. So we kind of got to jump ahead to where bluegrass is today and um, kind of take inspiration from both modern bands and then also some classic stuff and but really take all these experiences that we have and all these musical tastes that we have and put them together to make a new sound.
0: Yeah I wanted to get into like your influences too. Like what are some sort of artists or bands you guys grew up on or like kind of inspired you or like people that you hear in your own music that kind of push you to be a musician.
2: Well I grew up actually going to a lot of bluegrass festivals like we were saying before the interview my dad's a bluegrass musician um and I always joked that I wouldn't start playing bluegrass until I had kids um but uh looks like I got started a little earlier than that um but no my I've kind of gone through a lot of musical you know with with playing the guitar I've you know gone through a big blues phase of kind of like classic Stevie Ray Vaughan like Allman Brothers and then also a lot of like Grateful Dead influences of like some of like the jam band type, more Im- improvisational side of things is really something that's kind of influenced the way I play the guitar. And um, and then bluegrass more, more recently, you know, once I started getting together and playing music with these guys. And really, it's such a different style of playing than I ever have before that it really is like, it really gives you such an appreciation for the genre and how how difficult it is. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard because the chords... The chords are all fairly, you know, your basic G, C, and D chords, but just the speed and technical precision you need to play it is just on another level than what I what I had. So.
1: Yeah, so I think traditionally we try and draw a lot of our sound from like great players like David Grisman or Tony Rice or Daryl Anger, who is a fiddle player that Alec really admires. Um, more modern sound, I think we we try and sound a lot like Billy Strings, um, who's kind of the big up and well now he's he's came kind of guy. Uh, so we saw him, and I think a lot of our a lot of our stuff kind of takes inspiration from his uh, bending of the bluegrass genre, um, but. We do try and respect uh, the classics. We went to Telluride Bluegrass Festival last year and got to see a lot of the a lot of the old heads mm-hmm. playing, and really just it's really cool how how good they are. And this this music is hard. And um, I kind of grew up like Jake, where I was listening to a lot of more like classic rock stuff or funk stuff, a lot of Chili Peppers, a lot of Almond Brothers, a lot of sort of things like that, just kind of general like you know music that you would hear on the radio um and not a ton of bluegrass but after you know moving out here we've been to a a lot of shows and seen a lot of people and trying to take kind of some of that and put it into our music and you know
0: make it happen um do you guys find that there's like a big bluegrass scene in salt lake or out here or is it kind of been hard to like go into that or has there been like a big space for it out here
2: you know, it's it's a very, I'd say it's a small but tight-knit community. Um, it's compared to places like Denver or places in Colorado. I feel like Colorado is kind of like the bluegrass hub of the West, it seems. Um, and out here in Salt Lake, definitely there wasn't, um, you know, if it wasn't for the Gracie's Jam or, like, the Mountain West Jam when we started, you know, there. I don't think there's really any other bluegrass jams happening. So, you know, there there is a lot of, there are bluegrass players out here for sure, but it's definitely... Um, it seems a little more limited than some of the other kind of major cities in the West. Um, But it's it's cool too, because it's almost like we kind of know everyone in the bluegrass
1: scene. You
2: know, yeah, you're kind of pretty... like
0: pioneering the way for it. It's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, we would be totally remiss if we didn't acknowledge the original mm-hmm. Utah bluegrass band, Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, who were the people that started that bluegrass jam, or at least were hosting it um, when we uh, joined up in there. And they were kind of the sur- sort of first nudge to have us become a band of our own. They're like, you guys should be a band. And I was like, huh, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so they really have kind of like... I really credit them with making the space sort of like really open and welcoming like that's kind of one tenet of bluegrass right is like you invite everyone into the jam circle sort of no matter their ability no matter their experiences no matter their influences and really you can you know that's an important part of building the community and getting more musicians into it so I feel like they really did a good job of like channeling that and demonstrating that um and I think with that, we've kind of become a part of the community. I think there are some other bands now that have come in that are also doing amazing things. Um, and it's cool to like be a part of this thing that kind of started from something very small and is growing bigger. And as Jake sort of alluded to, um, it's nice that there's not you know, a million and one people here because it actually has let us sort of carve out our niche and um, you know, really kind of get a little bit further and a little stand out a little bit more perhaps than we would in like a larger city when we were just getting started.
2: Yeah, it. we definitely have a corner on the bluegrass market here in Salt Lake because there are only so many bands, you know, for us as a band, it creates a lot of opportunities for us to get out and play. You know, people are like, oh, we're looking for a bluegrass band for this or that. You know, there's there's only so many out there in the city. So, you know, it's nice to feel like uh, we have a lot of opportunities.
3: Yeah, that is super cool. And we were actually listening to like your music and jamming out and stuff. And it looks like you got two EPs on Spotify, one released last year and one released this past March. Do you want to speak more about those and the process of creating them?
1: I'd love to. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening. We appreciate that. Um, so we do have two EPs out. The first EP is called uh, "Pick and Pockets, Steel and Hearts," and that was our effort during COVID to record material. So um, that w- record was primarily recorded in Dante's parents' condo basement. Uh, by us. So it was a a year and change long project of learning a lot, learning about how to play, learning about how to record and mix music. Um, And that was really fun. Uh, It was a really great learning experience. It was a a titanic effort um, (laughs) that I hope that we don't have to repeat anytime soon. Um, But it was really good because it sort of made us really sit down and listen to our playing and listen to what we're doing and kind of improve on that. Um, the second EP, uh, which is called Out of Pocket, uh, is our seven of our favorite cover songs that we recorded. Um, and we recorded that at a local studio. Shout out, Man Vs. Music, which is the greatest local studio in Salt Lake City. And you can quote me on that. Um, our The guy that owns the studio and uh, does engineering for us, his name is Mike, and he's just the man. He is so, so good at listening and so, so good at producing. Um, so we're really excited to work with him. And we're recording our third piece of uh, music or our third collection of music our first full-length album at man versus music so that's um mostly mostly done I say um, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited I think we're hoping to release the first singles off of that in the next um, couple weeks hopefully if we can get everything uh, all sorted out we're actually headed to the studio after this today to finish mixing some of the songs um, and I'm really excited how it turns out or how it's turning out and um really excited to share some of these songs because a lot of these songs we've been playing since we started in 2018 but never really had a chance to record and people have been asking us for it so it's really nice to have taken the four years of learning experience all of the playing we've done together all the recording we've done together everything like that and um, sort of channel it into our our best most professional endeavor yet and I'm I'm really excited about how it sounds and really excited to share it with you guys
2: yeah it's it's Turned out really great and, you know, we were kind of in a unique position as a band um, with this recording this first album because we almost had too much material going into it. Um, Dante has written the vast majority, about 95% of all of our material, and he just, he can crank out good songs like it's no one's business. So the fact that we had, you know, 16 songs on the list to choose from, and but we had to narrow it down to kind of the top 11, is uh, it is not a bad position to be in for a band you know we weren't like having to write songs for the recording or anything it's like like David said we'd been playing these and so we, they've kind of stood the test of time and now we're excited to finally get these songs on uh, recorded on a record for everyone who's been coming to our shows the past couple of years and can't find them <laughs> anywhere to, to listen to so
3: yeah that's awesome I personally from your from your latest AP, EP, I love rock and roll star that one's really good like the mix of the electric and the acoustic instruments is just amazing is there anything that is like your muse that made you do that or was it just
1: so, so we laugh. Yeah, so um, I think that's one thing that I really like about this band is we're not afraid to throw electric guitar into bluegrass. Um, and if you like that, there's I got some more songs for you. That <laughs> um, that's definitely something that we've been trying to work in. And it's a delicate balance, but I do think it works out really nicely. Um, and, you know. I didn't mention it because um, people always uh, give me a hard time. Oasis has always been such a huge influence for me, and I always loved that song, Rock and Roll Star. It's just this song about, like, dreaming about something better. And, like, that's, like, kind of what we're doing in this band is, like, dreaming and trying to create something better. And um, it was really cool to kind of take that song, which sounds absolutely nothing like the recording that we made, and sort of turn it into this recording, but also kind of pay homage to that, you know, guitar solo at the end. And dare I say, Jake Doan did a darn good job with that Uh. guitar solo. Uh, and I think it's I think it's better than the original not the whole recording but definitely the guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, definitely
2: give David full credit with bringing that the vision of that song and you know it's a song if I listened to it I I would not have heard the translation into bluegrass uh, terms for it as far as re-recording it and making it our own but David really crushed it. And that's that's probably my favorite song on the EP as well. Um, and it turned out it turned out great and I think you know it's songs like that that kind of where we're able to we're just we're at a point now where we can really just do what we feel like we want to musically because we all feel like we're strong enough to do that and so we're like if we want to put an electric guitar the fuzz pedal on a song with bluegrass instruments like we can do that and you know we've been playing together long enough we we know our roles and so we can finally start you know diving into more uncharted territory it feels like so
0: yeah, I was gonna say do you guys have a favorite song on your new EP or even the older one? Like is there a favorite song you have to play or just one that you for the resonate uh, on the with? new
2: album that we're recording or the ones that we The uh,
0: ones that we have out that you guys have out right now.
2: I would say Rock and Roll Star is one of my is one of my favorites for sure. And then from the first from the first EP, I mean, um there those are kind of some of our first classic originals as well that we've been playing. But Runaway Blues is kind of like the kind of like the fan, the fan favorite. Um, It's just always so fun to play even, you know, three, four years after playing it, it's still just as fun as always and gets the crowd going.
1: Yeah, um, Runaway Blues is a song, that song, so a lot of the songs that we've recorded and that are coming out on this new album, Dante wrote many years ago. So we used to um, fight fires, like wild land fires, like out in Colorado, Um, and when you do that, you have a lot of time to yourself to think um, because you're like digging ditches in 100 degree heat. Um, So a lot of the songs came from that, but a lot of the other songs came from when he um, met his uh, current partner, whose name is Steph, um, and she's the inspiration behind Runaway Blues, and it was amazing to sort of see him uh, you know, fall in love with this gal, and then like like six amazing songs came out from his you know notebook in like the Thanks, next Jeff. couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah, so, so really got to give Steph credit where credits due, um, and of course give Dante credit for credits due because he's uh, an amazing songwriter. Um, yeah, I really like Runaway Blues um, from the first EP. I really really like Lay Me Down. That's the first song. Um, that song just very very pretty. That was the first song that we played together. Me and Dante played together of his where I was like, huh. Sounds pretty good. Maybe maybe I should put four years of gargantuan effort into this band and see what happens. Um, So that song always have a special place for me. Um, For the second EP, the cover EP, um, I really really like. So Jake uh, here, he um, he sang one song on that, um, this old cowboy, which is the only song we've ever recorded with a drum set, Um, and that was really exciting for me because I've always wanted to record songs with drums, and I think that you know, despite any reservations Jake might have had with the vocals. He really, really killed it. And he really did a great job with sort of, you know, doing the delivery. And that, that song is kind of like, every time I listen to the EP, I'm like, wow, oh, this old cowboy came out really, really good. So I'm really a big fan of that one. Thanks, bud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: vocals, I'd say David, David and Dante are the vocal powerhouses of the band for sure. And I'll, I'll sing a few songs, but uh, they've been, I've been learning a lot from these guys. So, you know, the first, first time going into a professional studio to sing vocals is slightly daunting but I I agree I think it did turn out turn out pretty well so
0: how have you seen like your sound evolve even from like your first EP to your second one and now like recording your third one like how have you guys seen like growth throughout the band
1: oh where where do we even start (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so the first probably the first like six months of recording our first EP we just like kind of trashed all that stuff not because you know it like the songs were bad but just because we were doing all these things that like we didn't really realize we were doing and like you know We'd be playing It's just like, oh, this guy tends to play a little bit fast. This guy tends to play a little bit slow. This guy tends to play the wrong notes a lot. This guy, (laughs) you know, and it's, you know, it's so that um, we definitely kind of, I think the first thing, the first thing that we learned is that when you're playing as a band, you have to work hard to create a sound that's better than the sum of its parts. And a big part of doing that is listening right? So you have to listen to not only what you're playing, but what everyone else is playing and sort of fit all of that together in a cohesive mix that actually sounds good. So I think that was like kind of the big thing we did when we recorded the first EPs. We really listened to sort of what role am I playing? What role is my instrument playing? And then how does that fit into the greater scheme of things? So, and as I sort of mentioned before, we recorded that one in the basement, so We kind of tracked that all like, you know, one at a time. And it was like, you know, It sounds really good, I think we did a good job with it, but um, it's sort of missing that kind of like cohesiveness that comes with everyone playing together. So that's what we did with the second EP was we all got in the studio all together and played at the same time. And that was another like insane learning experience of like, wow, this is like actually kind of hard to do. But like when it's going right and sounding good, it sounds amazing. And it captures a certain thing that like you couldn't ever possibly capture when you're all tracking by yourselves. So that was kind of like one and two. And then with three, with what we're doing right now is we're like, how do we make this sound like a real bona fide professional record, right? Like how can we, you know, take all these things we've learned, take sort of our sound, but then like really, you know, pull out all the stops and make it sound like, you know, we did this in a studio in Los Angeles with Rick Rubin producing it, which we did not, but I think it sounds, I think it sounds pretty good. And I'm really, really excited about um, the, the things we did and sort of how everything is coming together.
2: Yeah, it's such a cool. It's such a cool learning process, kind of going from, from the basement of Dante's parents' condo where we're like, you know, all trying to record like it's we're playing live, which is not what you can do in the studio. It turns out, Um, and uh, and just kind of take all these things we've learned, like David said, and it's just, you know, it's it's cool to listen to the evolution of everything and kind of build upon that. And I feel like this latest record is sounding, really, really good. Um, We're
1: really couldn't be more excited to share it with everyone.
0: What's the name of the record or is it a secret till it comes out? Oh, no, it's <laughs> not
1: it's not a secret. Um the record is going to be called Beyond the Hills.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah, and
2: that's uh that's kind of f- comes from a line of one of the songs on the album Better Weather that Dante wrote and it's you know we were kind of bouncing around some album names and ideas and Beyond the Hills, you know, it's it kind of when we were kind of coming up with it, we were thinking you know, we our sound is more than just a standard bluegrass band, you know. There's, where the hills of, blue, where bluegrass came from, you know, in, in Appalachia, like, our sound is kind of so much more than that, and our sound is beyond just what the standard bluegrass is or was, you know. And so it's kind of homage to that, and also, you know, it's a cool name.
1: Yeah, no, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, and we have a great, um, we're working with, like, a local artist to paint the album cover, and we got the draft of that the other day, and it looks really, really great. It's and exciting. I'm, yeah, very excited to have it all come together.
3: Yeah, it sounds really, really fun, and I'm stoked to hear it when it comes out. Um, it looks like you guys have also played a ton of live shows. Uh, given the nature of bluegrass music, would you say that live performance are prioritized or your recordings?
1: Oh, I think... Um, I mean, I think that there's stuff you can do in a live performance with the bluegrass band, especially with like us, which is sort of like more of like a jamming bluegrass band, like, you know, not sort of playing the form as we would record it in the studio, but like really breaking it up and adding like a little breakdown or a jam section or tying songs together. So that's just that's definitely something that um, I think is really cool about the genre and really sort of um, fun to pursue. I think that. You know, the best bands can do both, right? Is like you focus on certain stuff in the studio to make it sound good, and then you focus on certain stuff live to make it sound good. So I think we're very much kind of we've been in the studio mindset for the last couple months as we've been doing this record, but now that we're kind of getting back into gig season, you know the studio is also like, you know, a bunch of hours of practice that we all do together. So like that definitely helps our live sound a bit. And I think that we're excited to take what we've done there and what we've just been practicing and sort of extrapolate that to the live but um I definitely have a lot of fun playing the live shows I think when you know everything's going well we can do things live that like we could never plan to do and probably can't do again just because it's all about kind of being in the moment and being sort of like feeling the groove feeling how the band's playing sort of feeling the the energy of the room and taking all of that and channeling it into a performance and some of that you're kind of doing consciously and I feel like there's a huge subconscious element that like you can't really you just like you know you just develop of years for doing this, and I feel like we're finally getting to that point where we've played enough and we kind of have grooved enough together that we can make some really special stuff like that happen. So I'm excited for this summer. I think we're gonna really pull out all the stops.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's so much translation between both as far as being in the studio and working hard and having it translate to the live sound being tighter, and also you know playing live. You you can kind of there's a little more room for interpretation of you know solos and how you want to do things which can kind of give you ideas for the studio as well. Um, for any outdoor enthusiasts I'd say being in the studio is probably more like type two fun whereas it's fun uh, it's a lot of hard work but after the fact is really where the results lie and uh, playing live is more type one fun where it's like in the moment like you're just having the best time ever and uh, especially when there's a good crowd which in Salt Lake we have we've had countless shows where locals from all over just come out and supported us. And it really wouldn't be anything without, without
1: the people in the audience, you know, you can definitely see, I feel like there's a pretty linear relationship between like the people that are there and stoked in the show and like how sort of stoked we are to be playing. And I definitely feel like we, you know, hit our best stride when there's people there having a good time and we can feed off of them and they can feed off of us. And, you know, it's really, it's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And I'm, very thankful for the community and all the people that have supported us, because uh, it's been a it's been a long road for sure.
0: <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite show you played recently, or any memory at a show that really just sticks out to you?
2: You know, I I think for me the ones that stick out the most was at Mountain West Cider when we were still playing there. Um, it was summer of twenty twenty, where it's they have a big outdoor space and you know it's COVID wasn't a lot of live music going on and it was a big outdoor space and we were like we feel comfortable enough doing this there's enough space like you can wear masks if you want like there's enough space for people to feel like they have their own personal space if they wanted um and when we started doing those shows it was like it, we were getting the biggest turnouts that we'd gotten up to that point and just after the show people were like there was one time where like uh, this woman came up to me was in tears she just like hadn't seen live music in so long and like so many people were excited to just see music in the city and it felt so good to play it after doing the the like live facebook and instagram streams at home you know playing for a live audience like the energy you just feel the energy given the context of what had kind of been happening throughout the year those were some of my most fond fond shows
1: yeah no those were those were the best i think those were kind of the days that kind of transitioned the band from being something fun to something like, you know, that we really wanted to totally. work on and develop because we sort of saw this great positive reception in the community and sort of like, you know, kind of got to experience what it would be like for playing for, you know, crowds of more than, you know, 10 people, right? Um, and I think in that similar vein, um, we've been really fortunate to have played some great shows with some amazing bluegrass bands um, in the last couple of years. We played with Pixie and the Partygrass Boys at New Year's in 2021 to two and then this last year 22 to 23 we played at the commonwealth room with the kitchen dwellers and that was awesome because they're just like the best they're so so good and they work so so hard and their music is awesome but like getting on the bill with a bigger band like that and having like an audience of you know 500 or more people is just like wow this is really crazy and um we have this one song. It's going to be one of our uh, one of our singles coming out um, called "Sadie," um, that we played at New Year's with the Kitchen Dwellers and the banjo player from the Kitchen Dwellers, whose name is Torrin Daniels, hopped on and like played the song with us. Um, sort of like you know we rehearsed it one time during sound check and then he came out. And we're like, all right, so you're gonna play this you know this banjo lick for the song and then like we're doing this big breakdown in the middle and you're just going to take this solo and he's like all right sounds good and it just like we have a video of it on youtube and it just it came out so so cool and it's just like i've always had this idea of like that song would sound really really good with banjo and then like just to have Torin hop in and just play this song and it does sound really really good with banjo and like the, the fact that like we could do that and we've gotten to the point where we can like you know ask another artist like hey would you step in and everyone can kind of hang and do the thing like that was a really really cool experience and you know people were going wild so i that's probably my favorite pickpockets yeah. moment.
2: That was as of recent, yeah. He absolutely crushed it when he came out, and it was like we've never had a banjo on that song, and you know, so just to change the the dynamic of the song was totally different. It was the energy. If you go on YouTube to our YouTube channel and watch it, you you can sense the energy of the band and the crowd and everything. It was it was special.
0: I feel like so much of Bluegrass is watching them play too, not just listening to it. So I'm super excited to see you guys. Yeah, we've
2: uh, yeah. For anyone listening, you know, we have we've been putting out more and more video content on our YouTube channel, um, and it's gonna keep keep rolling in. So feel free to check it out if you're looking for some good videos.
0: And I was gonna say, on the topic of live music, we were super excited when the stateroom asked KU Radio to co-present your show coming up on July 21st I believe so yeah Yeah. have you guys played there ever before or yes
2: we've we've played there twice Uh, funny enough the entire band all five of us have not played there all at once Um, we opened for a band uh, called sickard hollow a couple years ago we opened for them but David was out of town, yes. right? And I don't remember
1: what I was doing. He was
2: he, he was not here was not able to make it. It was kind of a last minute thing. So we were like, "You know what? We can try and do this." So we kind of kind of were able to to push through without him. Um, and then we opened for another band, uh, this this earlier this year called AJ Lee and Blue Summit. And Dante was in Costa Rica, I believe. He had this trip planned with his family and then they they asked us to do it and we were like, "Okay, let's uh" And that one was Interesting because, like I mentioned, he writes most of our material. So you know, David and I have written a few songs, and so we were able we were able to piece together a set, and it was still a great time. But um, those are just opening acts, and so this time to be head co headlining a show with our friends from Colorado High Country Hustle, as well as be uh, full strength with all five of us is going to be a uh, it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, we actually just added um, Carly King, who's a really amazing uh, singer songwriter. She's based out of Colorado she's gonna she's gonna open up the show for us as well so we're gonna have a real
1: range of kind of everything it's gonna be a party
0: you guys know the other band that's playing with you high country hustle yeah personally or
1: so um I think uh Dante our mandolin player is friends with Seth who's Mm -hmm. their mandolin player and I can't remember um Exactly the nature of how they're connected but I know they've been friends for a bit and that's kind of how we were first introduced to them and they they play with the kitchen dwellers too and they're kind of starting to make the same kind of rounds that we are and we've been meeting to do a show with them just you know over the years and this kind of seemed like a great opportunity to do it and the state room is definitely my favorite venue in mm-hmm. Salt Lake City it's just such a it's such a such a great place and the people that run it are so amazing and i've seen so many amazing artists there that kind of range from like really small people to larger people and all the shows have just been so great and every time we've played there i'd be like oh man it'd be so cool to like play our own show here at the state room like with everyone and um, the fact that we finally get to do that after so many years is very, very special. And we have, you know, they made a poster and everything. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, it's like we're a real band. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're so excited. It's definitely
2: a dream come true. Cause, like the state room and the commonwealth room are kind of just, that's where all the music that we love Goes to. A
0: lot of faux type bands. Yeah, they play there. It's know. super fun. What yeah. was like some of the favorite or your favorite shows that you've seen like at those That's, venues or in Salt Lake in general? I
2: mean, I remember when Billy Strings came through and played at the Commonwealth Room um, back when he was still playing small rooms. And then, you know, let's see, we, we went and saw Railroad Earth played mm-hmm. at the stateroom recently. Um, yeah, and then like Dave was saying, like I've saw Lake Street Dive play at the stateroom way back in the day. And like, really, there's just too many to count almost. Um.
1: Yeah, I remember when I first moved here I saw Eric Johnson of Cliss of Dover fame play a totally acoustic set at the stateroom and I was like, I don't know how Cliss of Dover is going to sound acoustic. He didn't even play it, but he played this these amazing <laughs> songs on the acoustic guitar and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah, we've seen um. The banjo player from the Punch Brothers, his name is Noam Pekilny. he went there and did like kind of like a, a banjo slash stand-up comedy set that was like super, super <laughs> he awesome. stand-up comedy? Well, it was, I mean, like, he was he his like... His banter was yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I went with Hunter, and Hunter oh, yes. had like seen him before, he was like, oh, those the same jokes from last time. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it, it was definitely a bit, but it, it's, yeah. a, it's such an amazing spot, and like, sometimes people are sitting, sometimes people are standing. I think we saw... Um, Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway Mm -hmm. there. And that was super, super fun because they're like another super high energy, you know, now Grammy winning band um, that, you know, is really, again, pushing bluegrass forward in awesome ways. So it's like cool that like talent like that can come through to this spot. But then, you know, we also get a chance to play and like, (laughs) you know, really kind of do a similar thing. So it's awesome.
3: That is really, really cool. And I love, love live performances like that. Um, In the next six months, besides your new album that's coming out uh what do you see the pickpockets doing
2: well we got to get through the next three months first right? <laughs> <So> this, <laughs> kind of this is kind of the the gig gauntlet season where which which is which is great i'm not complaining in the slightest um let's see here we're going to be going up to idaho or to play a few shows um we're doing a few river trips with holiday river expeditions where they actually. Um, invited us to go on the river trip and play music. Uh, We're doing two trips on Gates of Lador through Lador Canyon and we are fortunate enough to only have to bring our instruments and when we stop at lunch or we set up camp for the night, we just get out and play music for people and it's, we did one trip last year and it was amazing, so we're doing two this year. You're living the dream. Like, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was definitely like, I was like man, I'm like, so jealous. No, oh my
3: one, God. no one told them that
1: we would just like do this for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we would be We'd doing. We get paid? Anyway. Yeah. So, no? so, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really special and they're such an awesome company and like everyone that has sort of worked with us on that has been super great and the community that we met like there is um there are a couple families on it last time and there's this like uh one gentleman um who's like the grandfather and every single time we played a song like we'd stop playing he'd just go wow yeah he was he was like every yeah. single yeah. didn't matter what the song it's just wow for, like, that was four, so awesome for four yeah. days straight four, every yeah, song and was... he never and he never stopped and that yeah. was like it's like so cool to like have like times yeah. like that where, yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, it's pretty yeah. good <laughs> yeah. yeah so
2: you know we're yeah so we got a, a lot of stuff going on this summer and then you know, f- I think we're gonna start. We're kind of at this point where we've been playing around Salt Lake City a lot, and we're we're gonna start kind of branching out, and trying to bring our music once we get this album out to you know go do some shows in Colorado. Like I said, we're going to Idaho, and we're gonna start kind of branching out, um, getting out of state and trying to bring this music to uh, to the whole the whole nation eventually.
1: But you know, yeah, I think it's 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 good that we have kind of what we have out. But like I said, we really wanted to like kind of really you know, hunker down and kind of make this really awesome, like, you know, professional sounding record before we started trying to tour and promote, because it's like, again, like a lot of times we'll like play all these songs and people will be like, oh, that song sounds really good. Like, where can I listen to it? It's like, well, there's like an okay version of like a YouTube video of us playing it from like two years ago that you can watch and that's it. And like, you know, now that we have a lot of these songs out and we, you know, actually recorded, I think we're really excited to, you know, Get to the point where we can go, like you know, go out to Colorado, go out to Denver, and like play a show, and then people can like look up, like, oh, that song Head Up was awesome, and then it's just like, wow, it's on Spotify. Cool, and it sounds it sounds better than they play, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I think we're kind of we're finally reaching the point where we can start sharing some of these songs and like a lot of these songs like you know like we've been hearing like versions of them for years and years and it's so exciting to finally have them like you know sound as good as like we imagined they could and the fact that we can do that and then go places and share that with people and then they can listen and sort of you know experience all of that it's really it's really special so I'm, I'm excited for you know the upcoming months and sort of sharing it with more people and you know hopefully you know spreading the good word as far as possible.
0: Yeah, do you guys have anything else to add before we wrap up today um any shout outs shameless plugs anything you want to add
1: no well shout out to you guys for having us this is <laughs> yeah, awesome um absolutely. yeah we really appreciate you working with us and um you know having us on the show and coming up with such great interview questions um i guess yeah we just you know please uh if you're in town in salt lake we're playing around come Say hi after the show. Come listen if you like bluegrass. If you don't like bluegrass, you should still come because, you know, we're, we're more of a bluegrass tangential band. I wouldn't say uh, we fall into any sort of one paradigm or the other. But We're, um, we're not out there wearing suits and cowboy hats <laughs> like these do, although it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Maybe not in the summer. Maybe, maybe in the winter. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. But yeah, no, like I said, I just want to give a shout out to Mike from man vs. music and man versus music for all the help that we've done. Big shout out to the rest of the band that hasn't, you know, wasn't here today, but has, you know, contributed so much to the sound. And of course, all of our, you know, partners, girlfriends, everyone that sort of supported us, that's been really, really great. And, uh, give a shout out to my uncle for teaching me how to play the guitar. <laughs> there you go. Cause yes. I know he'll, uh, he'll listen to this <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. sure
2: so yeah and shout out to the the stateroom for giving us the opportunity to play this this upcoming show july 21st um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a party it's gonna be a good time so we hope uh anyone listening comes and checks it out
0: cool yeah we'll be there for sure um thank you guys again for coming in and having a super fun time talking with you so Absolutely. yeah thank you yeah, guys of course.